Do you consider yourself normal? Then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. Mushroom weather. It is. I've got them growing, I think, under my ears and back back of my neck. <laughs> I, that just reminds me. When I was a kid, I had the dirtiest neck, apparently. <laughs> and any time, because I had long, stringy hair like I do now, and, and any time my mother, I'd like pull my hair up like this to get it off my neck because it was so hot, my mother would shriek no matter where I was. <laughs> your neck is filthy. <laughs> when was the last time you washed your neck? And it's like, well, I can't see back there. I don't know how, dir- how dirty it is. You're my damn mama. Why don't you wash my neck? I don't know. And she would do that like at the grocery store. Oh, no. You know, we'd be at the store and I'd be like, ooh, it's hot. And I'd pull my hair up like a little fake ponytail thing. God almighty, your neck is filthy. Oh, God. Yeah, but then did, did she like pull a Kleenex out of her bosom and lick her hand? No, and, because no. I... If I had been raised by wolves, I'd have been raised by people that cared more about what, whether my neck was dirty or not. Well, then why'd she bring it up at the store? Because that way she could shame me in public. That's oh, the way I, hell. That's the way I think of Oy. it. I don't know. She ain't allowed to ask her, so I don't know why she did it. <laughs> but honestly, there's just something about it. It just reminded me. Your neck is filthy. Because I said something about <laughs> mushroom. See, I was bringing up a serious mycology subject. This is the year. Let me tell We haven't had a year like this since 2014 for hunting mushrooms around here. Mm, what you been finding? Well, everything is out right now. Uh, black trumpets is what I'm going after this evening. Mm. Those are hard to spot, but good to eat. So mm. I'll bring you some if I find some. Oh, and chanterelles are everywhere. I told somebody told me. Yeah, chanterelles, lobsters, chicken, turkey tail, the trumpets. I mean, we've got all of it coming up. Mm-hmm. If you have any cow shit in your yard, look for the psilocybin. You know, the, everything's coming up this time. Hey, of there, there's another thing for the Weird Mountain Gals product line. <laughs> what Weird the? Mountain Psilocybin. So, no, I don't think so. Don't put it on your pizza. It don't taste too good. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the cow shit. You know? It's like we can have our own brand of organic cow like poo. It. Composted cow manure yeah. from Weird Mountain. That's we ain't got no cows, though, so That's I don't know where we got it. Well, I did a <laughs> website for this guy. Now, this is no joke. What he did for a living is he would go out and he would find the perfect cow poo, whatever that looks like, cow pie, whatever you call it, and then he would take it 
dry it, shellac it, and then turn it into a clock. <laughs> now, I, <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I want one so bad. Do you still love this guy? I, I don't know. I don't remember his name, but I can get into the hard drive and look through my list of websites. Y'all listening, I'm, I'm not serious about this. I do not want a cow poo clock. I'm just kidding. No, she really wouldn't have said it if she didn't want it. I do not want no cow poo clock. Thank you. Thank you for considering because I know Sonia's eyes just lit up. Oh, really? She was like, oh, I bet I know why I'm giving to Byron. Sonia, I know you did. I know it. <laughs> well, and you crafty people out there who don't know somebody already <laughs> selling it. <laughs> but he told me that. I remember him coming in and talking to me. And he told me that. And it was, I just went, oh, dokie. And I, I mean, it was just. And he had he was so proud of his cow poo clocks. And he had some clever name for him, I can't remember. But he was just incredibly proud of them. And he, he brought in photo after photo after photo. And then he was going to go out in the, to the car and bring me some examples. And uh, no. <laughs> but so anyway. did, did he dehydrate it and then shellac it, I guess? As far as I know. I believe he oh. had a... Actually, yes, I do know that he did that because... He, I wrote about it in his website. He had a special process to dry out the poo. and uh, I swear to goodness, <laughs> it is like the weird people of, of Appalachia, isn't it? What do we do here? Everything. Everything. Every darn thing. And why do we like it? We don't know. And we don't care. It's in our spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't care if something's a little odd. Oh, I love it when it's odd. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm a little odd. You yes, know. you are very odd. <laughs> well, I'm holding in my hand a handheld computing device. Oh, you're looking up the cow clock? And I am looking at some cow pie clocks, and they are, oh, that's what they're called, cow pie clocks. Yeah. Cowpieclocks.com, by the way. That might have been it. <laughs> I don't know if this is your friend or not, but by golly, I'm going to be posting some of these on the page, <laughs> my friend, so you can see what a... Cow pie clock looks like. Let me see if I can. I'm going to go to that website they are, and see. They're very, um, very fancy. You know what? This is the same guy, but this is a different website. This one was built huh. in 2014. Yeah, go. yeah. Welcome to our crappy website. <laughs> I, I tell you what, you, you never know what the weird mountain gals are going to be studying up on to talk about. Well, this is but, the best stuff on the internet right now. But the best thing about it is that we don't know what we're going to talk about until suddenly we're, I'm growing mushrooms behind my ears. Yeah. Then there's cow poo clocks and, and another opportunity for the weird mountain gals right. to get rich. For our product then, line, our Evergrown. Get rich quick scheme with the weird mountain gals. Well, it's not that quick. It takes them a while to digest it and all of that. And then you've got to dry it. And then, you know. So. I guess you can't do those like special order, huh? Well, probably not. I would hate to. Oh. Special order poo clocks. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Shall yeah, we? shall we? We may, we may work this one as long as we can. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about your garden and how it was doing. Well, and... speaking of poo, <laughs> today I started pulling out the Brussels sprouts. Those are the last of my brassicas. And they, they didn't make big, big Brussels sprouts, but they're tender, small and tender, oh. beautiful. So I pulled all those out. Well, I've got one more to pull out, but I'm mm. pulling those out. And then I put some lovely mushroom compost in there. 
I'm going to try to do me another run of beans. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's, it's going to be cutting it close. If we have an early frost, I might they may not make, but I'm kind of counting on a later frost that will have a nice slow, because the weather we have now, that we'll have a nice slow, slow fall. And I might get me some more beans out of there. That you know, would I'm, be cool. Yep. I would be I'll happy about beans. that. I've been eating all the greasy cut shorts that my belly can handle. Have you? Now, I, I had beans and cornbread last night for Did supper. Did you really? Yep, greasy cut shorts straight out of Robbinsville Garden. Oh, It God, was good. Not the best bean. Yes. They taste like meat. You don't even have to put any meat in them. Mm. They are meaty and sweet and delicious. And, oh, God, well, if you cook them smell. right now. I, I like yeah, my vegetables. I Do you I not? No, no. You don't want mushy green beans? No. In fact, y'all have heard the story that I, I grew up hungry, so I, I would eat anything. So I would eat green beans that were mushy and gray, but I didn't like them. And then I discovered once I moved out on my own that they didn't have to be that way. You could actually have green beans that had a little bit of body to them. And a little snap. And yep. Uh, so that's how I do them now with some butter on them. Mm. Oh, mercy. Man, I just, I, I, I eat green beans. That's all I can say. I like I them, love them most any way I can get them. I tell you what we had last night, because we go to the grocery store over by this Mexican restaurant, and every time I get out of the car, it smells like carnitas. Mm. And I'm still nervous, you know, about eating in restaurants, even though God knows every damn tourist in town is not sure. I about don't it. even get me started. I know, I won't. I didn't get you started. So <laughs> I got me some uh, lovely uh, pork steaks. Oh. And cut them up and put some big old onions from the garden in there. Mm. And I saw take that stuff up in there. I poured some wine and some little extra water in there. Golly, was that good. We had that with some green mm. beans. Oh, mercy. That does That's sound good. That's what I needed. Now I'm going to make some Chinese food. All will be well. I'm going to make some, probably some tacos. Oh, yes. But not like regular tacos. I want to make summer version of it. Yeah. So, you know, raw tomatoes, lots of uh, corn, and maybe some pineapple. Mm -hmm. And just try it that way and just see what happens. Boy, that makes me think of gazpacho. Yeah. I had a roommate when I was in grad school, I guess, in the summer. And she introduced me to gazpacho. Oh, it's so good. This time of year, you yeah, bet it is. Liquid salad. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make me some of that. And you know the other thing that's good this time of year? There was a, I, the restaurant doesn't exist anymore, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's just right up the road here on uh, 25. Uh, and, or wherever, excuse me. I don't have my road numbers right. Um, <laughs> but it was just right up the road, and... It was a cantaloupe soup, but it wasn't Ooh, hot. It was a cold soup. soup. Was it a creamy soup? It was, yeah, it was I creamy, bet. and it was one of the most refreshing, lightest, best soups that I have ever had. Well, reckon you could just put a cantaloupe through the blender? And yeah. And put a little heavy cream or something with it? Yes, you could. And then season it the way you like? Yes, you could. <gasps> that sounds so good. It was. Oh, no, we'll have to add that to the Weird Mountain Gals cookbook adventure. When we get that whole recipe box thing, My you know. Golly. Wouldn't well, that we be good? We're going to be busy. Yeah. We're busy now. We are busy now, but nothing like we will be. Well, and we'd be busier if it wasn't so very hot. True. I get all true. southern when it gets this hot. By 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm like, oh, 
Where's my fan? Can I have some? I don't. I want me a big glass of ice water, please. Uh-oh, or a mint julep <laughs> on the porch. Oh, I've got a mint julep story to tell you. Okay. I was in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville is that where the? That's where they run the Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. Louisville. I was in Louisville, Kentucky years ago for conference at uh, Bellarmine College, and I wanted to have me a mint julep there. Okay. So I went to a restaurant and, uh, and you know, had whatever my meal was. And when, when they came to take my drink order, I said, I'd like a mint julep. And the woman said, I don't believe we can do that. I said, am I in Kentucky? She said, yes. I said, am I in Louisville? She said, yes. And I said, well, and I can't have a mint julep? She said, no, I'm pretty sure we don't have any mint. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, I guess I can understand that. So, you know, then I had whatever I had. I don't know, I had water, iced tea, rum and coke, whatever the hell it was. Then, next day, we go to a different restaurant, and I'm all set. I'm going to have me a mint julep. And the person goes, take my order, and I go, I'd like a mint julep. And he said, well, no, we don't have any. And I said, what do you mean we don't have any? And he said, well, we don't, we don't have any mint juleps. And I said, you don't know how to make a mint julep? And he said, well, I mean, we have a mint julep mix. And we're out of our mint julep mix. <laughs> and I was so mad. I left Louisville and I did not have a single mint julep there. I had to bring my glad North Carolina butt <laughs> home and figure out how to make a mint julep. Now, I make a very good mint julep. Do you? I do. Do you know I've never tried They're them? They're very tasty, very light and refreshing. I've never had them. I can also do a mojito for you, a mojito. which is kind of like a mint julep. Mojitos are very trendy. They, yes, they are. And you know, I'm not very trendy. Right. So. I've never had a mojito either. Oh, again, light and refreshing. But for me, in the summer, gin and tonic. That's what I love, me some gin and tonic. With lime. Yes, and lots of ice. Or, what was it they would drink? It was very trendy. In high school, everybody acted like they just drank all the time. Oh, yeah, sophisticated mixed drinks. Yes, yes. And I want to say that it was lime Perrier. Ooh. Yes, and gin. Oh, that'd be good. Was yeah, what people really drank. Now I don't, and maybe simple syrup for the women, or, or you know, the sweet right. tooth people. Yeah. Um, and again, I never had one of those either. I have no idea why that oh, stuff has no appeal to me. We are gonna have mixed drink night here. <laughs> we're gonna bring in all the musical instruments and musicians, and then we're gonna have mixed drink night. It'll be I great. can't wait. That'll be so much fun. I'll bring my big old Vitamix and. Oh, man, we will make it. Yeah, we will. Y'all will have to come. We'll let you know. Mm-hmm. Y'all can line up in the front yard. We'll bring your own cup because yeah. we ain't got enough cup. And, and bring us some whiskey so that when we're done, <laughs> done with all these, these little wimpy <laughs> mixed drinks, we can make one for ourselves. <laughs> oh, God, and that reminds me. I'm, I'm in the land of memory today. When, uh, when I was in college, we used to go once a year to the State Theater Conference. Mm-hmm. And a fellow that went to school with me, his mother was the chair of the conference for several years. She was a real big wig in State Theater. And so we all decided that year we were going to drink slow gin fizz because <laughs> we were about 19 years old. Okay. <laughs> because back then you could drink at 18. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right, yep. So we all got slow gin fizz, and she's one of these women that just would say, bring, bring me a scotch, neat. <laughs> and so we're, we're all drinking this, oh, these are so yummy, mm, this is so tasty. And so she reached over and got her son's drink and tasted it. And she got this look on her face like she had just licked a 
food clock. And she said, I don't know how you people can drink this stuff. It tastes like Windex. Oh, God. <laughs> and then give me my scotch. Did give she have a cigarette hanging yes, out of her mouth? Yes, always. <laughs> and big old boofy hair. Oh, I love those character. women. Oh, what a character. There's a gal in Hendersonville. I'm sure she's no longer with the living, but uh, she had the big boofy hair. And it was always a beautiful shade of blue. Oh, okay. You know how women used to blue their uh -huh. hair? They didn't want it to be white or gray, so no. they'd have that blue put in it. And she always had a cigarette dangling from her mouth. Mm -hmm. And she had a lot of money. She owned orchards, and she drove this big, giant Lincoln. And the thing Ooh. that I remember about her is I got in the car with her one time, and she would not stop for any stop sign. Now, she wouldn't ride, drive on roads that had red lights at all, unless she just had to cross an intersection. Uh -huh. She would she'd take back roads. But even if it, if it had a stop sign or whatever, she would never stop. Oh she gosh. would just blow her horn and keep driving. And it was because she was afraid to stop. She didn't know how to use the brakes, evidently. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I rode with her once or twice, and then I was like, I'm done. I'm just done. <laughs> it's a big old cigarette hanging from her mouth. And she probably was one of those women who would have her margarita in the in the dash, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, a friend of mine who now is deceased, and so I'm sure her mother is too, uh, she used to tell the story that her mother had a bright yellow Mercedes-Benz, and she lived in I mean, Kansas City, someplace like that, some, some kind of western place. And everybody knew her bright yellow car, and they would just get out of the way. And she was like 90 years old, and she was still driving. And they go, Miss So-and-so's on the road. Clear off, clear off. Miss So-and-so's on the road. And they would just clear out, and she would just drive wherever she wanted to drive. That's, that's the way it used to be, I guess. I don't old, know. Old-timey old town. My mama quit driving. She just one day just said, I'm done, and put her car. They ended up putting her car in the barn, and I got it years later. Um, you know, the, when when I got that green big giant Cadillac, I tell you about, they were pulling vines off of it and stuff, and it was still the best car I've ever driven to this yeah, day. Yeah, I tell you, Cadillac, it runs good. Mm -hmm. I know I've, I've told you that story of me at the, and this would have been when I got back from graduate school, should have been in the early '80s, and I was sitting at one of those red lights on Patton Avenue. Some little old boy pulled up at that light and started revving the engine on his <laughs> little rice burning piece of crap. And he'd look over me like, huh, old lady. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it turned, it turned, the light turned green, and I floored that Cadillac, and it leapt up and just left him in the dust. <laughs> it was like, son, my Cadillac's engine is bigger than that piece of crap car. Car, yeah, and it was too. And that's the whole thing about it. So my first car was that one. Wow. And it just, it had the power, and I oh, think perfect. they liked me having it because it was so big that if somebody hit me or something, I don't know, they ah. thought, I, they mentioned that, actually. But oh. I remember driving it the first time, and I had driven trucks and stuff around the farm. Mm -hmm. I'd never really driven a, a real car before, and I parked on Main Street to go see my grandpa to, to let him see that I had the car and everything it was on a, a slight incline and so the mayor's office was right beside the sheriff's department and I will not forget I had it parked and 
didn't know any better because I wasn't good at doing stuff like that yet. And I floored it. And then I tried to hit the brakes at the same time. And so, you know, what happened was <laughs> for about five seconds, the longest five seconds in the world oh, while I did a, a huge spin out, burnout or whatever you call it, right in front of the sheriff's department there. But anyway, I can't remember now, but maybe it was Monday and they were closed. So, <laughs> so I did not get a ticket out of it. Out of it. Oh, Those are gosh. times long past and... And you know, for me anyway, and I wonder if when I'm telling the story and thinking about my grandpa's face, my grandma's face, and yeah. all of that, I wonder if they are somehow triggered by that and mm -hmm. know. Wouldn't that be nice to think that the spirits of those people, when you start telling their stories, they gather around to listen to how yeah. you tell them? Yeah, and yeah. we're like their little, we're like their little campfire. Maybe. So we still to tell the story, and they go, oh, wait, did you hear that? I think somebody just said my name. And then they come over Boom, and they, listen real close. Right, oh, right. I, I would love that. I'm going to add that to what I believe. Well, I'm not sure that I don't. I think I might I believe that, that, you know, because the, we were going to talk about ghost stories, call them ghost stories, but you and I don't really consider them as ghost stories the same way that maybe a lot of other people do right. because to me they're very, very real. Especially the recent dead and the relatives that I knew yeah. and all of that. And I don't know if that's a southern thing or not, but I don't know. But I don't maybe know. some of our people could tell us if they're not from the south. Maybe. Do you, yeah. Is that that still is that still a thing for you? Yeah, I I laid in bed the other night because my my second cousin Bobby died, and I you know was not very close with him, but I'm I'm pretty close with his daughter. And he used to always be at the family reunion, mm -hmm. and he was funny, and he always was very welcoming to me. And when I say second cousin, that's a little bit of a, it's a little bit misleading because our grandmothers were sisters, but his grandmother was the eldest sister in the family, and my grandmother was the baby sister of the family. Right. So there was between us an entire generation. So I guess that makes it my second cousin once removed, mm -hmm. maybe. Um, but I was trying to remember who his siblings were and who their children were and then who his parents were and then the grandparents, which is the same generation as my grandmother. And it was so interesting to lie in bed and just be thinking about the threads that hold us to those generations that came before. Yeah. And see, and now you, what you'll think about is, are they? Do they know I'm thinking that? Yeah. Are they? Are they aware of it? And my family was very stoic about stuff. I think I've used that uh -huh. word once yes, today. But uh, it was just not a big deal. It was just an assumed thing that the dead are still aware of us, mm -hmm. and we are still aware of them to some extent. And it didn't make me feel crazy mm -hmm. when things happened in my dreams that came true. I didn't think that there was anything wrong with me. No. When I was, uh, I, I don't know if I've told you this story or not, but down in the basement of my grandparents' house, they built my great-grandmother an apartment after her husband died, after my great-grandpa died. And so she moved in there, and it was she really enjoyed it as far as I can tell. And then 
after she died, my grandpa put an office down there. So he had a desk, and, and Papa's big hobby was clocks. He loved American-made clocks, and throughout the years when he worked for uh, the Natahela Power and Light and then had the telephone company. A lot of what he did was stringing the county and hmm. wiring houses for their first he electricity. He oh, yeah, 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 he knew everybody. So, huh. it, and, and, you know, he went on and helped. He was in the Shriners and the Masons and all of that stuff. But, but he had this office down there and there was just a wall after wall after wall of clocks that through the years, people who had wanted work from him that couldn't afford to pay him, he would take a clock or whatever. And he always would keep the clocks. So I'd go down there as a kid, and I'd hang out and look at the clocks and look at his office, and he you know, had a workbench with all these tools, and I'd go look and just be fascinated by that stuff. And there was a time when I went downstairs and I hung out in the office there, and then I came on back upstairs later in the evening, and the house had big, heavy, heavy doors, because that was it was a house that my grandpa had cut the wood for, yeah. and he had cherry wood and and knotty pine. So everything mm. in the house was cherry wood and knotty pine, and even that was stuff that people had traded him um, through the years. And so he built the oh, house that really? way, and the the doors were thick way thicker than a standard door, way heavier than a standard door. And I remember walking upstairs from the office where my, I called her Baba, my great-grandma had lived, and she basically followed me up the stairs. And I came on upstairs, and and no joke, she, she basically followed me upstairs. I could hear her, I could hear the steps behind me. Oh, I'd take a step, and the step would creak, and then I'd take another step, step would creak. But back two or three steps behind me, the step would creak. And, you know, I'd been walking up those stairs uh, for my whole life and had never heard that. And I knew what they were supposed to sound like. So, so that happened. And then shortly after that, and I didn't think anything of it. Shortly after that, I went to bed. And my door was shut. And I was in the bedroom and I was reading something and I had the light on and I was in bed and I was trying to fall asleep and the, I watched the doorknob turn and I watched the door slowly open about eight ten inches not quite a foot you know and then it just slowly shut again huh. and I and I said what do you want mama because I, I thought it was my grandma and uh -huh. and when she didn't answer I just jumped up out of bed and I opened the door and she was all the way across the house and so was my grandma grandfather Wow. So you know what? That was my great grandma checking on me. Yep, making sure you got yeah. to bed. Okay. I know it was. I know it was. Makes you wonder if you had been asleep, if she would have come all the way in and maybe kissed you on the forehead. She might have. Said good night. She might have. You know they oh. they do speak and communicate with, to me, not with words ever. I don't ever hear oh. words. That's interesting. Even in my dreams, even when I'm dreaming, if if. I mean, not saying that I haven't had a dream with uh, a dead person in it, like if I have a dream and my dad or my grandpa or something, if they're talking to me or talking, then I know that it's a dream. But if they don't say anything, yeah. then I feel that it's them. And you can also, you can very much tell it, it, once you get used to it. 
there's a whole different feeling and it's i've never had someone a spirit or someone show up in my life that that didn't speak that didn't have something to say is oh yeah no absolutely yeah now yeah that's interesting yeah um well yeah you know this house i've told you the story of the woman who this yeah. house was built for yeah and she had to go to a nursing home and then the night she died i found out later i didn't know at the time i was sleeping in this front bedroom and um i came wide awake like you do and i heard this voice up in the corner of the room go at last hmm. and i knew that she had come home and she's been here ever since and now I'm looking around on the floor because she leaves us pennies. Is and that other, her that leaves coins. pennies? I think it is. Is it? Okay. Because yeah. she's happy that it's Because I think she had to penny pinch her whole life. Because uh, her husband left her once she had several children. And I think she just had to be careful with money all her life. And now she's just throwing it around. <laughs> Here, here's some pennies. Here's Take nickel. Here's your quarter. <laughs> she shows her pleasure. When something is, is yes. some project happens, yes. then you find pennies everywhere, or I find change yep. everywhere. She, yep. she does. I, you know, I told you the story of I was mopping this back, that bedroom, that same bedroom, and I had moved the rugs and taken them outside and, you know, beaten them and all that, and then I swept, and then I mopped, and then I came in here because, you know, I'm not going to step on a wet mm -hmm. floor and waited till it would dry so I could put the rugs back on mm -hmm. And I went in there to see if it was dry yet, and it wasn't quite dry in one place, and there was two shiny pennies. <laughs> and I was like, I know, I swept and mopped that. And that might be, them. that she could be them. their way of saying thanks. Appreciate you doing that. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Well, I, I have never had a scary feeling about it. Have you? I haven't. And, and I write about, in one of my books, about a fellow who, uh, in my neighborhood, in town, he asked me if I would come over because he thought he had a ghost. Mm -hmm. So I, I went over to the house and I walked through and, and I could feel a line of cold upstairs. And I said, D does she appear here? Do you sense her here? Oh, yes, that's the way she goes. She walks oh. right through there. And then, you know, I just kept talking about, oh, and there's this thing here. And this was her bedroom. Um, yes, that was her bedroom. So we go downstairs and we're sit sitting at his table in the kitchen. And I said, well... Well, what, what do you want me to do? And he said, do? And I said, well, ab about your house. And he said, well, it's really her house. So I just wanted you to confirm for me that this is what was going on. But, you know, every morning when I sit down and I have coffee, I hear her coming down the steps. Huh. And I just assume she is sitting in the end chair, which was probably her chair. And she just has coffee with me. And I just went, that is so sweet. That is but sweet. the idea that, well, it's her house. Why would I get rid of her? It's her house. That's an interesting way to think of it. Well, I think, I think we are spirit haunted in the South. Maybe. And it may be true of other parts of the country because I haven't lived there any great amount of time. But I know here in the South, and you know, there's that phrase. Uh, I can't remember who said it. it might have been Eudora Welty that referred to the South as the Christ-haunted landscape. Oh. Well, I just think of it as the spirit-haunted landscape hmm. because every place has a story. Yep. And if you can find out the person that keeps that story, you're going to hear a good one, I promise you. But then there's all sorts of people who who 
have the ability to both to either sense or to see spirit folk. And I mean, my daughter's one of those. My mother was one too. But my daughter used to say things like, um, she'd look up from where she was reading and she'd look up and go, oh mom, there's somebody following you. And I'd go, huh, can you describe them? And she'd describe them. And then I'd say, does, does he want anything? Does he need anything? She said, no, he's just following you. Hmm. Just hanging out. Yeah, just hanging out. Well, I, I've known them to show up in my life during important times. Yes, you and know, stressful times. And stressful times. And I've had information. I don't know if I've ever told this story. You, I think, know it. But I don't know if I've told it in another podcast or not. But I worked with a gal who became a good friend of mine. She's bit older than me and and she died unexpectedly after a oh. surgery oh. and I was supposed to be the person who was uh, what do they call administers the estate oh, because her executrix. her executrix that's right so before she went into surgery she made a recording and with her neighbor there and she she had told me for years where the copy of the will was, she'd point to it and say, if anything ever happens to me, blah, blah, blah. And um, so she died unexpectedly, and she really wanted me to administer the estate because she wanted half of the money, she wanted the house sold. It wasn't that big of a deal, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was all she had. She wanted the house sold and half of the money to go to an animal organization and half the money to go to her church. Uh And she said her, she had a, a sister living and she said her sister was wealthy and mean and didn't and that she didn't need to have her little old estate yeah. and she was very specific about make sure that you do blah 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 because if my sister finds out she'll come up immediately and and blah 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 okay so she goes into surgery and she dies unexpectedly a few days later and i found out about it and of course i go rushing over there and the doors were already locked but I went in to go, somebody let me in, a neighbor or something. And I'm, and the reason they were locked is because her sister found out, flew up from Miami, changed the locks. So I somehow, one of the neighbors got me in and I went to go get the wheel and it was gone. Okay. Completely oh gone. So guess what? I couldn't do anything about it. Now that tore me up. I called oh. attorney offices all over town everywhere I could think to call to see if anyone could find a copy of the will and and nobody could all right so I felt terribly guilty terribly guilty about not being able to to follow her wishes so fast forward six or seven years after Norma died I had already moved on to another job I had my own company and blah 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 and the day came when I needed to find a new gynecologist because my old one was retiring uh-huh. and so I didn't know who to choose it was time for my checkup and and I literally just went into the phone book and picked the one that was closest to my home the office that was closest to my home and I go there for my appointment now I, I need to backtrack a little bit because the night before my appointment that morning when I woke up I had had a dream and it was my first dream that had her in it and I was in her house 
I was uh, walking around and I was I'm wondering why I was in her house. And she was standing like in a doorway and she was a big, tall woman. And she, she was looking at me but not speaking. And she was pointing to her dining room table. And I remember kind of looking at her and thinking, Norma, how are you here? You're dead. And she's pointing at the table. I walk over the table and there's a piece of paper there. And it said, forgive, and it was her writing, which I knew very well. And it said, forgive my sister, she's full of guilt. And I thought, oh wow. So I wake up and as I'm driving to that gynecologist appointment, I call my business partner and I was telling him on the phone about my freaky dream and I was telling him, you know, I think that really was her. And I was telling him why I thought that and he was poo-pooing the idea and all of that. And I got into the parking lot there and I checked into the doctor's office and this lady back behind the receptionist came out and she looked at me. She looked at me again and then she goes out and she left and about a minute or two later she comes to the door and she asked me if I could come in and I did and she said do you remember me and she introduced herself as Norma's neighbor from the back I forget her name now and uh, she Was said she want to let you in no oh, okay. no right. and she said I have this for you and she said I didn't know where to find you and she went and got it out of her car and it was a cassette and it was a cassette of Norma's voice and it was, you know, giving instructions and telling me what would happen if if I didn't get there first. Mm -hmm. And of course, everything Norma said yeah. happened. Yeah. But you know what? There's, I have no idea. There's no answer for that. I hadn't mm -hmm. dreamed about Norma before that. Yeah. She, even though I loved her, she wasn't on my mind that night before I went to bed. I was probably thinking about my appointment. <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh yeah. And and there's. I know for a fact, in my mind, anyway, I better not say I know for a fact, but I, I'm just sure that that was her. Yeah. Because my first thought was, wow, I've got proof now of what her final wishes were and what she expected to happen, and I need to go to an attorney. I need to find, of course, mm -hmm. I didn't have money to do it at the time, but, yeah. but I would have found a way to do it, but Norma told me not to the night before. Mm -hmm. She knew somehow and came back and told me. And my dad also helped me in a dream one time when I was around a very toxic person who was dying and who wanted me to continue to visit her and she was just an evil person, okay? Mm -hmm. And she was gomming on and, and, and doing some manipulating and some emotional manipulating sure. and stuff. And my father showed up in a dream and he showed me, you know, I was walking down the hall to go visit this gal, and my dad showed up and told me not to do it. And, I mean, he didn't say it with words. He just uh -huh. shook his head, and he pointed, and he was, like, shaking his head and telling me not to, doing that, telling me, you know. And I didn't go that day, and I had been going every single day, and she died about three hours later. Hmm. And I believe that something really maybe awful would have happened I might have been traumatized by or mm -hmm. who knows but I know my dad told me not to go but your dad did yeah and I trust my dad yeah and uh you know it was just 
I've, I've many times, many times, I could keep going with story after yeah. story after yeah. story, you know. Yeah, me too. The, the dead are not dead. They're, they're just not dead around here, are they? <laughs> well, that's another one. I won't be able to call who said it. Might have been William Faulkner who said, in the South, the past isn't dead. Hell, it isn't even past. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. That's the truth. But I'm grateful that I wasn't brought up to feel like I was crazy no, for having and weird a, dreams. And a lot of people are, I'm mm-hmm. sorry to say. And there's something about our, you know, our native religions that is so afraid of that connection across time and space. I don't know why. Well, I don't either, because it sure does seem like it's comforting. I've never been in a situation where it wasn't comforting. Certainly those two stories you just told were about comfort and, and information. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. don't, I don't know, but they do. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll start de- that demon stuff. Well, I'm sure someone's all couldn't have a pre- uh, come to you because they're dead and they're sitting on the right hand of God. They're in the bosom of Abraham. Blah, 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 blah. And then make you feel like there's something wrong with you or you are somehow, that, that the haunting of you is something that's terribly scary. I do, you know, I deal with this all the time with people calling me. Me too. I've got some kind of spirit in my mm-hmm. house. Can you come over? And I'm, as I've said many times, nine times out of ten, the problem is the person who called me, mm-hmm. and they are mentally ill, yeah. and they need to, you know, they need some medication, they need some counseling, they need whatever. Mm. Um, but I have, and I'm gonna knock on wood. I'm gonna knock on the wood of the piano. I have never been in a, a situation where. I encountered the kind of spirits that couldn't be set to one side or managed or whatever. Right. Well, and I get the same kind of calls, and quite often what I will say to them is, why do you want to get rid of them? Mm-hmm. Are you afraid of them? Are they, or is it just that it's it's taboo subject for you? Yeah. Or do you think that you're going to be harmed or something? And usually if they're Christian people, They'll say, "Well, this demonic. I'm afraid it's a demon," right. and and that's when I have to go get their Bible out for them and show them mm-hmm. where they're commanded in the Bible to speak to the dead by way of praying, yes. which is another way of saying conversating without words, mm-hmm. you know. And the Bible also teaches that the dead are vitally interested in what goes on in the or on the earth with their relatives. Well, yeah, and and we are in the West kind of rehabilitating our notions of what ancestor veneration Mm -hmm. is because we didn't used to think that was something you did. It's like, well, when they're dead, they're dead. But how many families do you know and people that you know, me included, love genealogy? Oh, I just love to know what my ancestors were doing and where they were and all that. And that's just stealth ancestor veneration. It is. We're too, we're too afraid to light a candle. I'm looking over at our altar now. Yeah. We're too afraid to light a candle and say, I love my grandma, and she gave me a lot. Um, because that seems somehow sinful. Or, I don't, and I don't, I don't get know. that. I have I no mean, guilt. No. None. I loved my aunt. The ones that I knew, I loved. I was extremely fortunate yeah. in my kin. Extreme, and I know that they probably had a lot of stuff going on that, as a kid, I didn't know, mm-hmm, you absolutely. know, about. And but I, I love my kinfolk. 
And I'm happy to keep them in the family and keep them posted on what's going on. And it does feel good to, it feels like I have another network. Yeah. And to honor what that connection is. Yeah. And I really think they they have a vested interest in you doing well, especially if it's an ancestor of your bloodline. Mm -hmm. Because that means that the bloodline continues. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of spiritually, biologically driven. It is. It is. And, you know, I feel like, they helped bring me and you as friends. We met. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that my ancestors caused it, but somehow just when I needed a place to heal from my my bad health issues, I needed a quiet place where I could be alone and rest as much as I needed to, mm-hmm. where I felt really safe. Guess what? Voila. You yeah. know, and it was as they say, just like magic. Just like magic. <laughs> well, and it is the magic of Weird Mountain. This place has mm. a certain, it has a spirit about it. It has a, this sort of profound, abiding presence. It does. That was probably here long before this house was here. Though this house has been here a, lo- a long damn time. <laughs> a few years um, anyway. But, yeah. 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 And the, hear the crows? I do hear the crows. And they're saying, why don't you open one of these doors so you can hear us? <laughs> we, we can hear you plenty yes, we well. can. Don't I watched worry. four of them playing on the roof across down the <laughs> hill, you know, this more big, big. big and they were playing. Yeah. That's all you oh, could I say. Have you seen the big old golden eagles again? No, I have not seen them again, but I did see, job. I saw a couple of, see, I've been putting peaches in the crow feeder, mm-hmm. and the crows actually love peaches. I didn't know Do that. Do they really? I didn't know that. I didn't either, but I got some peaches, and they were awful. And, oh, no. Well, they weren't ready yet. I was just too too anxious. I got me That's some good peaches was. at the grocery store. They were so tasty, and I went back, and by then they had brought in the new batch of peaches, which weren't ripe. Uh-huh. So I went picking through the whole peach display and got more of those that were just... They were smaller, and they were ever so slightly softer, but the flavor, there was those uh, freestone peaches. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. I love them. I put up probably, Were they Georgia or South Carolina? I don't know. I probably put up a quarter, quarter bushel of them. They're in my freezer right now. I went through and cleaned out my freezer today. Did you? I'm moving all the meat out of it into the freezer at the, um, in the refrigerator. So that I will see it and cook it, and it won't stay in there for over a year and get freezer burnt. So I'm in the process of doing that. I got you know a million damn projects to get done. Oh my goodness! You know how that goes. I'm still folding clothes and deciding how many pairs of black leggings one woman needs to own. Well, Reckon that'll ever be done? Yes, ma'am. So when you travel and you you know do you pack do you roll the leggings? I do roll yeah. I do too isn't yep. that cool <laughs> yep. in fact I can go and I did in 2016 which is the last time I did field work in Britain I go with a small rolling bag not a not even a medium or a big size a small roller bag and everything I need for a month is in that bag now I wash my socks every day I can I wear I wash a pair of socks yeah and maybe midway through the trip I might wash some pants mm-hmm. I don't know but Mostly, I just wear black leggings, and a, I have a long sleeve black shirt and a turtleneck because it gets cold in Britain sometimes, depending on where I am. <laughs> and I have a, a, a big loose shirt, and I have something kind of dressy like a jacket, and that's it. A month. I can spend a month in Britain like that. So, all right, I'm curious. Yeah. Britain has been occupied by 
white people anyway <laughs> for longer than the very, United States. Very white people, yes. Does it feel more haunted than the United States? And by haunted, I don't mean scary. You know what I mean. No, I know. Peopled. Peopled with invisible people. I don't know that it feels more like... Cause, because this place feels very, very ensouled, let mm-hmm. me say. I don't know that Britain feels more of that, but certainly if you're in some of those ancient houses and cathedrals and places like that on the land, um, you you feel the ancient quality of mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. for sure. You know, I, I love a Neolithic landmark. <laughs> if I can go and hang out with a bunch of old rocks sticking up, I'm the happiest I can be. You're into rock? I'm into <laughs> rock, man. I love this rock. I like rock. I'm not into country. No, I'm into country oh, I'm into and country. rock. What can I say? There's not a whole lot of music I don't like. I'm not, oh God, I'm going to get in so much trouble with my NOLA friends. I'm not a big fan of Dixieland jazz. I don't know why. Probably because my mother loved it. Mm. So I have to have a natural kind of predisposition to be like, oh, I'm not I'm not in love with that. But I was there's a Facebook thing the other day, people talking about, so when things get hard, what is your playlist? And people were talking about what their playlist was, and yeah. I said, ah, uh, I start with fanfare for the common man. Oh, my. And then from there, I go to the Carmina Burana, and from there, I go to Beethoven's Ninth. <laughs> and people were like, oh, the ninth. People were like, are you nuts? What is wrong with you? No. Said, no. If that's, that's, my, that's my playlist when I'm feeling low. Yeah. I start with that clear call of the fanfare. And it just makes my heart leap up. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. I know. I actually get that. And I, I will go through my time, too, when I do that. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, if 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 it's not an extreme situation, and, and I'm not thinking about it, my playlist is going to be on something that doesn't offend my ears. So oh. there's a lot of things. As a musician... I don't like auto-tune. I don't care no. for it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying my ears know. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels wrong. In my, it's just not a good sound to me. And I tend to not like things that have been overproduced. Or I don't... There's this, this sound. This I think we call it butt rock, my friend and I. <laughs> so I don't care for that rock that's so hard that you can't understand what it's saying, where it's just like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> that just doesn't, I mean, I'm just not that, maybe when I was younger, I would have liked it or something, but I, uh, you know, I could care less now. God. I want something I can understand the lyrics. My old ears can understand. I, I do, but I swear, <laughs> I, I'm a big metalhead. I love metal. And we were at the mall, this is a million years ago, we were at the mall, you know, they're, and they're sampling some kind of music, and I listened like, Wow, what's that? And I go up to the counter, and I with, with my daughter, who's a teenager probably at that point, um, and I go up and I go, what is that playing? And they went, Google Bordello. Oh. But they didn't say it to me. They said it to her. To her? Oh, and yeah. my daughter just put her hands over her chest, and she looked at them like, I don't listen to that kind of music. <laughs> <laughs> She's more civilized. That's me madre over there. <laughs> She's a metalhead. I mean, that's not really metal. That's kind of, I don't know. I don't know. Gypsy, punk, 
I've never heard of them. Oh gosh, you gotta look them up. They're really good. Okay. Driving music. Driving. Driving music. Okay. But then there's also music that when I hear it on the radio, like I've got an oldie station on my t- on my car right now, and I'll hear it like today. Um, I'll hear Magic Carpet Ride. Oh, Steppenwolf. Is that yeah, Steppenwolf? Yeah, yeah. It takes me right back immediately to the summer. And I was pretty young when that came out, but I remember that summer really well. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that song. And I, I remember that song on, uh, uh, was it, it was a Star Trek movie, and I can't remember which one. But it was the one where somehow they had to go back in time and rescue the Earth for something, which they were always doing that in the movies, I guess. I'm and waiting they, for him to come now. Yeah, I know. And they had this character who was just crazy character, and they had this song in it, and it was a Star Trek movie. So there you go. That's all I remember about that. But <laughs> <laughs> Steppenwolf. And I always thought that that guy must have a certain look, and when I finally saw the lead singer of Steppenwolf in some article, he looked completely different. I know. You're probably like, yeah okay (laughs) but I'll tell you I'll take Steppenwolf over something auto-tuned to death anytime anytime. and I love a beautiful singing voice Mm -hmm. and I will forgive a singer for maybe singing a less than stellar song if I can enjoy their voice yeah Yeah. I mean and I love opera Mm -hmm. I I love big old squalling Wagnerian (laughs) opera I love uh, I'm not a huge oh god I won't go with where I, who I'm not a huge fan of. But, um, yeah, I love opera. I love all kinds of music, really. Uh, it's uh, just that Dixieland jazz. If I'm in if I'm in New Orleans, I'm good with it. And it you want to like, party New Orleans yeah, style, that's one thing. it feels thing. like this is like the home base for it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. other than that, eh, yeah. not so much. And, and you don't begrudge it, though. No, and, and I'm not a big fan of the really squally kind of jazz that has a lot of shrieking saxophone in <laughs> because inevitably that is on my radio station at night when I'm really wanting to kind of settle down oh, yeah. and what I really need is some like Kenny G or whatever right. kind of soft. But you, but you but get offended at the thought of, oh, I've got to have Kenny G. No. Yeah, no, but I mean that kind of like soft, whatever. Yeah. And instead it's just kind of, wah, 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 yeah. It's discordant and it'll yeah. wake you right back. I yeah. totally understand that. That's, I've been, you know, sleeping with fans for years now. I'll turn a fan on even in the winter. Even if it's not on me, but I just hear it. For soft, uh, what do they call it? White Uh, noise. White noise, yeah, so white noise. But I have to tell you that lately, white noise is not really doing it for me. Hmm. It is not really doing it for me. So, well, oh, that was your glass. That's me, because yeah, I'm drinking whiskey again. I come down here and drink whiskey. Well, you should. Um, <laughs> That's what you Yeah, mean. Um, I leave the BBC on all night. Do you? And it's mostly really good because it's soft, and I don't specifically hear too many words. But I remember waking up one night with a lion roaring, and it was like BBC Nairobi or something. They oh. were talking about... You know, some lions doing something. I woke up with this roaring lion in my head, and I was like, "What is that?" Oh, yeah. it's the BBC. It's the Beeb. If I if I if I do hear a noise and wake up when I'm sleeping in the middle of the night hearing a noise, I I get hyper vigilant. Me too. And yeah. I, and I used to be a really deep sleeper, but my daughter and my daughter is 29 years old, so it's not like this was last week. But as soon as she was born, I became a very light sleeper. Mm-hmm. And I usually can go back to sleep pretty fast, but I hear a noise and be like, what was yeah. that? Yeah. And then I might get up, wander around, see if I can, oh, that's what it was. Oh, okay. 
and then I usually go back to sleep pretty pretty easy. Hmm. But yeah, but I hear I hear it all pretty yeah. much. Yeah, I have to really be out of it, exhausted to not hear it. Well, I guess I talk in my sleep occasionally. I used to. I don't yeah. know if I still do because I sleep alone. Yeah. Well, I'll wake myself up. Okay. <laughs> I will wake myself up. Oh, talking. I love it. I wonder what you're talking uh, about. I don't know, but I've been told that I sing in my sleep. Yeah, I've been told that yeah. too. And it's like, uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> well, I guess. Oh, but yeah. evidently, I'm a happy person, and I do have my nights when. I've slept through the night, but I'm tired when I wake up, and it's because I've been so active mm. in my dreams. Yeah, and I've had this thing, and I posted this on Facebook a few days ago, that I had suddenly had all these people who were sending me private messages saying, you were in a dream last night, and really? you were doing X, Y, Z. And I apologized to people on Facebook. I said, look, I'm sorry if I'm showing up in your dreams, but maybe that's the reason I'm so tired I when I wake post. up in the morning. But I've had... I bet a dozen people in the last two weeks who have said, I know this sounds weird, but I dreamed about you last night, and I'm always doing something. You know, I'm like, I bring them food, and sometimes I'm standing with them while they're doing um, something, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. It's just, then you it's wake up exhausted. <laughs> and I wake up exhausted, and I think, what was I doing last night? With well, chocolate cake crumbs in oh the bed, man, and you're like, I'm taking a cake to somebody. I'm just eating some chocolate cake. <laughs> chocolate cake right now. No. Pie. You, you think you would love a piece of chocolate cake right now, but if you ate chocolate cake right now, you'd want to take a nap in 30 minutes because of the sugar. I want to take a nap right now. Do you? Because of the heat. What about some cheesecake? That doesn't have a lot of sugar in it. It does. It, it is nice. It's got like, protein. It's all cheese. fat and protein. Yeah, it's <laughs> fat and protein. God, my favorite thing. I know. Fat and protein. <laughs> my doctor took my cholesterol. I was in a couple years ago now. And he said, well, and it was really good. You know, it was like 178 or something, really good. And I've got high HDLs. And he said, wow, this is really good. And I said, how's that possible? I live on fat and protein. <laughs> and, and he said, it's possible because it's genetic. Yeah. You just have good cholesterol. It yeah. doesn't matter what you eat. That's yep. He was very angry about that, which made me think he probably has high cholesterol. Oh, yes. Well, I'll see some angry. <laughs> Ang angry he was guy bitter. I think he was bitter because <laughs> my cholesterol was good and I eat nothing but fat. Oh, Lord, I'll eat butter till it runs out my ears. Will you? Me some butter? Well, I won't eat margarine, so oh, I guess no. I do oh, eat butter. That's nasty. Yeah. I made salmon the other night. I put big old pats of butter on it. Oh. Oh, mm. my goodness. It was good. Yeah. And guess what I had it with? Greasy cut short beans. Nice, nice. Now see, we've come full circle. We have. Back to where we were. Back to where our roots are, which is food. No, fat we, and sugar. Fat, sugar, <laughs> greasy cut short beans, cornbread. Yeah. And I'm, I'm cleaning out my freezer now, like I said, to put all the meat in there. And I, something was in the back, I can not it was, and I pulled out this little old bag of cornmeal. And I thought, I've been buying cornmeal for six months. Where have you been? <laughs> Well, it was hiding in the back under some, I don't know, something. Well. Big old bag of something. Well, I'm of the opinion that this is the year that I need to practice what I used to preach when I was teaching it in college, and that is what happens if slash when the grid goes down. Yes, sir. I mean, yes, ma'am. Oh, you can call me sir. That's fine. And I won't. Uh, uh, 
I want to make sure and get enough dried beans. I want to make sure and get enough. And even though I love freezing stuff, I want to make sure that I've got a, some stuff that's dried. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it could be bad weather winter. Or it yep. could just be another kind of bad weather or bad winter, excuse yeah. me. And by bad, I mean hard. Well, and canned food has a very, it's a very stable shelf mm-hmm. life. And it may not have the highest nutritional content, but you will not be hungry. And I'm telling you, dried beans and brown rice mm-hmm. will go a long way towards keeping you alive. It, it sure will. And, and it also doesn't some, cost that much no, to get to buy. No. So just for me, it's when I do grocery shopping, I just order a couple extra things. And I've made it a point to kind of do that. Yep. And for everybody out there, if you were to have the same opinion as me, that there might be a chance that the grid would go down this winter mm-hmm. for some reason, or the fall or something, then now is the time to do something and get ready for it. Well, and depending on where you are, because uh, where we are, if one or two major arteries go down coming into these mountains, we mm-hmm. don't get groceries. That's right. We don't get groceries or medicine. Or medicine. Or, or any, of that. any of that stuff. Yeah. And so, so that's why I say, you know. Keep an eye on it. The thing is, you can always eat it or donate it if you don't need it. Exactly. If I'm wrong or if you're wrong and you've bought some extra stuff, then share it with some folks that need it. And there's going to be a food pantry in your town or one of those little... Mm-hmm. Little grocery store box things, mm-hmm. and if you if yeah. you decide you bought too many one pound bags of pinto beans, yeah, people can eat them because Pe- people are going hungry now, and people are going to go hungry. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't mean to be, you know, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom, and I get accused you know, of that. Are you not trying to be weird mountain preppers? No, that's what, <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion, I feel better when I'm more prepared. When I have a game plan, I don't worry about the future as much. Yeah. And so it's really, to me, it's like the ultimate Mm self-care. Because if something happens, hey, I got it covered. Mm -hmm. If nothing happens, hey, I'm not worried about it and I can help somebody else. And so I do believe that now is the time to do that. And I also, being a digital person, I believe that if the grid goes down, the internet will be down, obviously. Mm -hmm. Everybody's computers will not be able to get out on the internet, you know, if the cellular signal goes down. Or the internet goes down. And so what do you need to do about those things that you're storing up on Amazon or Google or, or wherever? Cloud. Your cloud. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might be time and to consider printing it or saving it on a disk. Yeah. Keep it up on the cloud. But then you have we'll an extra copy else. of it. You know, yeah. belt and suspenders. That's it. Cool. Well, a lot of us are in quarantine. And, and if we are in quarantine, we don't really have a lot of excuses to not... Uh, take a little time and get ready for things. No, we do not. Because we're home more than yeah. we were. And it, I mean, you know. there are people who are working from home and homeschooling their kids and taking care of their mamas. You know, a lot, a lot of that. There's a lot of that. But, um, <laughs> but there's also people, and I see them all the time on social media, I'm bored. What are you watching on Netflix? Well, maybe you ought to can some tomatoes, lady, is what I'm saying. And they'll be the first one going, I can't find a damn thing in the store. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, and... <laughs> So anyway, so, we, I'm not trying to be critical. It's just that we've been so soft for so long that it's inconceivable that anything like the grid going down could happen to most of us. Most of us don't want to think that. That's right, because we want to have our head in the sand. It's all going to be okay. Somebody's going to fix it. Well, you know who's going to fix it? We're going to fix it. Yeah. Tag, we're it. That's it. 
tag. And this business of just, I'm going to twiddle my thumbs, and when the election happens, everything's either going to be okay or terrible, depending on your viewpoint. Well, you know what? Be proactive right now. Absolutely, right now. absolutely. And if there's something on the internet, if you've got a place that you've saved as one of your favorites and you go there quite often and maybe it has some esoteric knowledge or something that, you know, if you've got a prepper site saved and you're thinking that, well, when things get bad, I'll go to this website and it'll tell me how to distill water, guess what? Print it out. Print that damn thing out. Put it in a little folder. That's put it, it. Put it there by your computer. Yep. Yeah, because I know, I know, but hey, don't don't depend on the internet to be right. there. Just do it, and I'm telling you, I don't care where you live. There's going to be somebody around there. If you don't know how to can food, we'll teach you how to do mm-hmm. it, and they might even teach you for free. Yeah, or get on the damn internet and learn how to do it. Go to YouTube and type in how to safely can food. Yeah, you know. And, or and ask your grandma. Ask your grandma. And work, push comes a shove. Just buy you some canned food at the store mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and st- and stick it away. You can yeah. put it anywhere you want as long as it doesn't freeze. Absolutely. Stick Absolutely. it in the bottom of your closet. Get rid of some mm-hmm. of them damn shoes you don't wear. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And put you some beans down there. Yeah. And it's, tomatoes. It's a tomatoes. The tomato. <laughs> and too bad we can't just have dehydrated cornbread and just reconstitute it and be a perfect <gasps> cake of cornbread with butter. I know. I know. It's like the Southern Jetsons. Would it be like a little pill, and you just put it in the middle of the cast iron skillet oh. in a little puddle of lard, <laughs> and you pour some hot water on it, bam, bingo. That's it. You, <laughs> you drop you it into the hot lard. Oh, I love that thought. I, I think I'm going to start writing Southern science fiction. Well, we're up in the mountains, <laughs> and here's how this went. I, that I'm UFO not, came down, <laughs> and I said, I don't want an anal probe. <laughs> Instead of an anal probe, could I have me a tractor that just hovers <laughs> above and but still digs up the soil so I can get me some beans planted, please? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so awesome. Oh my gosh, we need to do a play of, well, here we're on a weird mountain and a, and a little alien green tellers come oh. down and we fed them some cornbread and give them a little, a little corn liquor to drink. And now that. they're just all here. Hanging out on the porch. Yeah, they're making some kind of music with, you know, nose hairs and yeah. rock. And, and the rock. Lolly, it's wonderful up here at Weird Mountain. We turned them into musicians? Oh, God. <laughs> Weird Mountain, Area 51. Oh, that's God. funny. So there was a South Park episode where this, what they, they, what was it, musicians were like bugs. So people would call the exterminator and they'd be like, ma'am. I'm afraid you have musicians. You know <laughs> what? Well, I only took in one. Well, they've multiplied, and now they're going to have a festival. You know. Oh God! <laughs> I love me some musicians, but boy, some of them are lazy. Are you listening? I know y'all know who I'm talking about. You lazy. <laughs> sure practice. You need to practice more. Practice more. Practice makes perfect. <gasps> I miss practicing with my band so I bet, bad. I bet. It's it's the it's the hardest part for me yeah. of not being able to get out and go is yep. that yeah. you know it's not restaurants it's not it's just that feeling of gosh I, I just want to go and let them hear this song or just mm-hmm. you know what can I say and Zoom <laughs> is not the same it's no it is not the dynamic is not there uh-uh. you know and I've, I've been teaching a lot on Zoom and I I kind of like it 
It's all right. Well, I, I, I like that for teaching, but yeah. for playing music, it just mm. hasn't done it for me. Uh-huh. But, like, especially, you know, the porch does it for me. And yeah. we can socially distance two mm. people. Mm-hmm. And if we're very careful, maybe three. Yeah. But that's about it. And honestly, it's just not, it's just not a, I'm used to playing in a circle in a room yeah. and, yeah. you know, that dynamic of kind of the, the speak, the communicating without words uh-huh. is the thing that does it for yeah. me. So yeah. maybe that's how come the dead don't speak my dreams. I don't know. Well, maybe they don't have to. They don't have to. They just come in and then you absorb what it is. They're telling you, and you mm-hmm. go from there. You do, you do. So I kind of encourage folks to think about if you have a feeling that your house is haunted or your certain place is haunted and you're trying to avoid it because it scares you, why yeah. not? I'm not saying go there because sometimes your instinct might be correct, but why not during the daytime and with somebody that you trust, why not bounce it uh, off someone and just put a little thought into it and it might be that okay well maybe this certain spot in your house feels strange to you well there might be a reason for it it might not be scary you don't know when we bought our house uh there was a room in it that never got warm and we we one of the first things we did was put uh central heat and air which we didn't use but we put it in anyway (laughs) Uh, put it in anyway and it still doesn't get that one room warm so we decided to put our computer equipment in there because computers run hot uh, that's and, right. You're right. and instead of turning it into a bedroom it's a it's an office and it was about 10 or 11 years later that I was talking to the person whose parents lived there and that's where the owner who built the house died in that room well oh. now he doesn't hate me no. We've made many improvements to his home, and we love his home, and, you know, he doesn't hate me. And if that room is cold or something, I don't know why. Maybe that's how I feel his presence. Uh, and maybe it's just a coincidence, but uh, there's a lot of those coincidences yeah. around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if y'all have a good story of somebody, of a, of a hate that you knew, maybe personally, Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear it. Come on over to social media. Tell us about it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I thrive on those stories. Oh, I, love I love those them. stories. I love collecting up yeah, people's stories. Yeah. But, I mean, we're, we're mountain people. We're, we're natural storytellers. Yeah, yep. and we're not going to laugh at you. No. I mean, if, you, if, it's, if the story calls for laughter because it's a common funny story or something, yeah. yes. Yeah. But we're not going to laugh at you for saying something or telling us something uh-uh. just because it seems a little odd. So, anyway, y'all have been a great inspiration. Oh, absolutely. And we've come up with so many more ideas of things that we can do to offer you as a product. <laughs> Our imaginary product. <laughs> Y'all, thank you so much for being with us. I know we we went on a little bit today because we kept running into thoughts and memories and ideas. So, y'all take care. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Tell us a few ghost stories every now and then. We'd like to hear them. And tell the folks you love that you love them. Don't be shy about them. Yep, don't be shy. Okay, well, bye. I'll talk to you soon, I guess. Uh, Always good to see you, my friend. Always good. Up here on the weird mountain.
with the weird gals. Yeah. Craig, I don't think I said too many bad words today. No, he's not going to hardly have to use a crow at all. Woohoo! Woo well, do we need to change that now? No, Go ahead. I do not. I've been say, good. say, 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 <laughs> say, 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 <laughs> what? what? See, he'll just crow it out, won't he? Oh my gosh, Craig, <laughs> don't you ever accuse me of being the one, because <laughs> I am only the one. I wasn't even drinking whiskey either, so. Alright, bye y'all, y'all, see ya. Thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals.